0: Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli podcast.
1: You know, Meat Conglomerate was my meatloaf cover band name in college. Did you know that? Oh, our cover at Paris by the Dashboard Lights was amazing. We are big meat meat conglomerates those greedy greedy meat conglomerates that are now waiting to drive the price of the beef you pay you know why why not why not good afternoon welcome to the podcast i got your meat right here I got your meat conglomerate right here, lady. I know what you're thinking. Politics. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Rich? It's Jen Psaki today, the White House press secretary, blaming all this on meat conglomerates, and uh, it's even hard to believe. But she did it. She went there. Take a listen. Go ahead. Go oh.
2: There are several progressive groups and lawmakers who are uh, increasingly vocalizing the idea that inflation, high inflation, is being driven by corporate greed, uh, including uh, companies with high profits, some of whom have met at the White House with the president uh, in recent months. Um, does the president endorse that idea? Does he think that corporate greed is the big driver of inflation
3: right now? Oh. I think that the president thinks the way people across the country, American families uh, digest inflation is by price increases. And if you look at industry to industry, it's a little different. So for example, the president, the secretary Kerry of agriculture have both spoken to what we've seen as the greed of meat conglomerates. That is an area when where people go to the grocery store and they're trying to buy a pound of meat, two pounds of meat, ten pounds of meat. Um, it is, the prices are higher. That is in his view, and uh, the view of our secretary of agriculture, because of, you could call it corporate greed, sure. You could call it uh, jacking up prices uh, uh, during a pandemic. Uh, There are other areas where we've seen increases uh, because of supply chain issues. And we're seeing those increases around the world as it relates to gas prices, uh, oil supply, and things along those lines. So I would say there's some areas uh, where we have seen uh, corporations uh, benefit, profit from the pandemic. uh, And and certainly the president would agree with that component. I, I don't know the full context Of all of their remarks.
1: Got it? All right. That's the thing. These meat companies would do anything, anything to screw you. And I'm sure you might be thinking to yourself, well, wouldn't one of these big meat companies try to undercut another big meat company by selling you cheaper meat? No, no, no. No, that's not how it works. They all are in on it together. Big meat, the meat conglomerates you see, big meat's in on this. All of them together. And they would do anything, anything. To hurt you and your family. Anything. You understand? And I would do anything for love. I'd run right into hell and
0: back. I would do anything for love. I'll never lie to you in
1: that's so that. But would you check the price of my meetup? That's the question. Would you? But I'd huh? Never So good, isn't it? No, no. No way. And I would do anything. Anything I'm not gonna sing. But just think of what Meatloaf would do to your meat prices if he could. I mean, really, if he could. And that's the problem. It's his fault. Now you know it's his fault. All of it. It's always it always has been Meatloaf's fault. I blame him forever. I always have blamed him for everything, pretty much, too. So now you got it. You understand right now? Corporate meat greed, big meat greed. Now let me ask you this question too. Why won't a meat company figure out that they could put all the other meat companies out of business right now by just undercutting meat prices just a little bit, huh? You know what I mean? Is it because they're cold and lonely? Is it? Huh? Maybe. Maybe they remember what it's like. Every little thing. At the corporate board meeting. How do we get these evil families? Yes, we're greedy big meat. You know, the administration loves to blame everybody, doesn't it? They love to blame everybody. Is there anyone they haven't played? Oh, I know. I don't know. I know. I know. Um, Let's blame mayors, too, uh, for not meeting with Joe Biden today. Can you tell us the public schedule you guys put out last night's rather thin today? What is the president doing today?
3: Well, let's see. Uh, the president has two local interviews he will be doing later this afternoon. Uh, he has a number of internal meetings uh, with uh, internal. senior members of his staff. Very that senior throughout the course of the day today. Very his, senior uh, presidential daily brief, uh, mm-hmm. and I believe there's some mayors who are uh, visiting today as well.
1: What's the purpose of the meeting with the mayors?
3: It's not a meeting with the president. The mayors—they're here. I'm not going to get ahead of it beyond that.
1: All right. I'm not going to get ahead of it. He's very busy. He's got lots and lots of meetings, big, very important meetings. with. uh, And will Meatloaf be there? It's very possible he might talk to to Meatloaf. It's very possible, but we can't comment for sure. We're not uh, high level, very high level. We got it? Senior, super secret, double secret program. Now, let me ask you this question, too. Uh, Are we supposed to be angry that uh, people like Sean Hannity... And Donald Trump Jr. and and others like Laura Ingraham Ingram and others tried to have the president stop the Capitol riot on January sixth. Are we not supposed to be angry? I can't figure out the 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 anger today from the left over the fact that conservatives were trying to get the president to call off the dogs, which he eventually did, obviously, on January sixth. But they're angry. Like I got so this hate mail today from all these lefties. Like, why are you not talking about Mark Meadows? I don't know. What do, you, what do you want me to say? Mark Meadows, they were telling Mark, Mark Meadows to get, tell him to stop it, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, are, are progressives angry that Sean Hannity wanted people to stop rioting or that Donald Trump wanted people to stop rioting at the Capitol? Is that is that what it is? Because I can't figure out what the narrative is today coming out of MSNBC and CNN. They're all very upset that all these text messages have been unearthed to Mark Meadows by conservatives telling him, please, we got to stop what's happening here on January 6th because as I've told you before, We don't really, nobody really condones what took place there. I know it's shocking. It goes against the media narrative. I know that. But they're all angry about the fact, as if they were hoping that there would be these secret text messages that Sean Hattie would be there going, I'm under the vice president's desk. I'm ready to strike. Just give me the secret order. And then when they when they see the text message from Donald Trump Jr. going, he needs to do an Oval Office address right now and make this stop right now. I they're angry because I guess they thought that maybe he was going to come in swinging on a chandelier with that dude with the shaman, shamalama Ding Dong, the horns with the shama guy, the organic guy who wouldn't eat in prison because he couldn't get organic food or something like that. Which by the way, I don't blame him. Quite frankly, I mean you got to put your foot down some sometime in life if you if you're an organic kind of guy. This is where I, I the organic people lose me though. You know what I mean? I mean, really, is, is prison organic food? Does it taste that much better than regular prison food? I don't know, and I hope to never find out. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go there and suggest organic prison food as bad as regular prison food. I'm I'm gonna throw it out there. Now there are some people very upset about the treatment of many of the people who were there in the Capitol on January 6 because they have not been uh, given access to legal counsel. Um, they've been held without uh, bail. You know, we've heard a lot about bail reform. Many of them have not been been given um, even any preliminary charges and they're be- still being held like it's Guantanamo, like it's Gitmo. I haven't heard the ACLU scream about this. I have not heard anybody on the left concerned about that. Just like I haven't heard anybody on the left particularly concerned about the fact that they're going to bring Julian Assange home to prosecute him. It was a journalist. Julian Assange, WikiLeaks, a journalist. Guy's a journalist. And they're going to bring him home. He had a stroke in prison the other day. And the Biden Justice Department is trying to prosecute Julian Assange. For what? For publishing documents? The entire basis behind the Pentagon Papers was that these papers about the Vietnam War were stolen and given to the press, and the press printed them, and uh, the Supreme Court said it was fine for them to print it, it just they could they, as long as they were the ones who stole it. It's kind of a famous case. But now we go after journalists in this administration. It's what we do. And again, I don't hear the left. I don't hear the ACLU upset by this. I don't hear anybody upset by the treatment of any of the January 6th suspects because until they go before a judge and are found guilty, they are, in fact, suspects. I know that that shocks the very conscience of our nation. But all day today, I've heard all this outrage about Mark Meadows. They were texting Mark Meadows to, de- to tell him to stop it. Yeah, and right. So what, so, I don't understand. What, so what are you upset about? Were you hoping? I guess you were hoping that they were going to be cheering this on. And, and now that you've you've figured this out, that they haven't been, that none of us have. I don't know, I don't know, I don't really know what, what, you know. The whole thing is very, it's very dull, isn't it? Isn't it really dull, the lack of consistency on the left when it comes to defending the rights of Americans who are accused of crimes? That's something. And for example, um, does anybody, anybody want to name for me, anyone on the left who's come out and said Julian Assange, should be pardoned by Joe Biden. No? There is an effort right now to get the Biden Justice Department to drop the persecution of Julian Assange, the prosecution, or persecution. And they're trying to do this right now to get everybody involved because he's a journalist who published things that were leaks that were stolen and given to him. And he published them as is protected under the First Amendment, as was decided, not decided, but was codified in the Pentagon Papers case. But it doesn't matter. I mean, again, it doesn't matter because we're we're at this crazy part in American history right now where the ACLU is more concerned about defending government vaccine mandates than individual bodily autonomy. The ACLU is more concerned about wiping away student debt than they are about any students in D.C. who might, not have access to legal counsel because they happen to walk into the Capitol building on January 6th. I mean it's really, it's it's really upside down land. And the left has gone so far left now on on all of this stuff that if you're somebody who comes out and you oppose things, for example, like uh vaccine passports and mandatory vaccinations, if you oppose these things now, you're considered a nut. If you if you oppose government M- medical mandates you're a nut now i mean again think of how far left think of where i should say this wh- what happened to the liberals where did they all go what happened to them here's jeremy corbyn he's a uk guy on why they oppose vaccine passports and mandatory vaccinations this was out, tweeted out by glenn let me ask you about the votes that are coming of parliament um, are you going to be voting
4: to introduce uh, covid certification at, at large events Um, I don't think it's a particularly good idea and I what I want to see is a process where we are asking people to recognize the severity and dangers of covid but you achieve far more in public health by cooperation and persuasion than you do by compulsion and i'm worried about the direction of travel we're going to with covid passports um and then uh, the danger which i see as quite serious of compulsory vaccination of nhs staff testing is an appropriate way of doing things i mean you you do a temperature check when people come in here most people do that kind of thing that seems to me to be fair enough i was in a a, a care home on friday i went to a hundredth birthday party of one of my constituents and it was a very small party it was socially distanced etc don't worry um and everyone was asked to take a test before they went in that seemed to me reasonable it's a very vulnerable population you don't then think that when this vote happens later in the week, I think around vaccination, compulsory vaccination for NHS staff strikes me that you're dead against that I am I'm against compulsory vaccination I think it's reasonable that staff should be tested I think people ought to be vaccinated and take up the opportunity to do it but once you go down the road of compulsion what do you do with the people that refuse to take a vaccination do you then dismiss them from working in the NHS they obviously work in the NHS because they, they love it, they believe it and they support it and you then go down road of what criminalizing people this is a very dodgy road to go down why do you think and again you can say oh. and,
1: and let me point out now what he's saying right now is is so accurate and i don't hear anybody uh in the democrat party in the united states of america even echoing anything close to this they, they, they're all in on the dogma of believing that compulsory vaccinations is not only the right thing to do but if anybody speaks out against it they are the problem they are the problem And I'll tell you something else too. I've I've watched, and I think like you, I've been, I don't know, perplexed at trying to understand the logic behind somebody who can in one breath make the argument that the government needs to leave you and your bodily autonomy alone. And then in the next breath, argue that you have to then be vaccinated if you want to enjoy all the privileges of life. And then in the third breath, acknowledge that vaccines don't stop transmission. And then they say, well, we got to wait. Uh, two to three weeks to implement any of these things anyway. It's that dangerous and that deadly. We're going to wait two to three weeks to implement it. See what I mean? people? It's like the left in this country, I don't know who on the left anymore defends civil liberties. I don't know who on the left defends bodily autonomy, except when it comes to ab- abortion. That's it. I don't know who on the left defends journalists. Who? G- give me names. I mean, yeah, okay, Bill Maher, James Carville, let's take them off the table. Let's take Russell Brand off the table. Who are the elected officials doing it? Where are the elected officials coming out and defending any of these people? Where, where are the where are the people in uh, on the Democrat Party, uh, civil libertarians, others who are concerned that there might be some serious civil rights violations of people who have been arrested in conjunction with January sixth? You know, there's the level of the people that were trying to hunt down and hang the vice president, and then there's the people that walked into a public building and took pictures and selfies and are being treated like they 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 tried to fly a, a plane into a building. So what I want to know is where is the left on a- on anything resembling freedom, civil liberties, the right to re- to be innocent, the right to not be persecuted by the government? Where are they on any of this stuff? They're just all in on 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 giving themselves more and more power and then bragging about it. Like there, that's the other thing too, is that they literally come out and they brag about this stuff now. If if the if the vaccine stopped transmission of a deadly virus, we could maybe have that conversation, but they don't stop transmission, and this virus is not killing people in any way, shape, or form, anywhere close to where in the in the past vaccine mandates were appropriate, like what's supposed to say smallpox or something like that. But listen to New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. He's a classic totalitarian, he's a total leftist, he's a communist, he's a Marxist, and he's he's so proud of the fact that he's not gonna give people a lot of vaccination exemptions. He's not, he's bragging about this too. He's really proud of himself. He's like patting himself on the back about this.
2: We are not seeing staffing challenges at all. Um, We have started to see, I don't have the exact numbers and we'll get them to you. We have started to see those reasonable accommodation requests work through. Uh, for folks who have uh, been told after the whole process that they don't get the accommodation. I think so far we're seeing what we've seen before. People then typically choose to get vaccinated. So they, you know, exhaust their options. And if it doesn't go their way, most people choose to get vaccinated. We have seen some increases uh, in the last week or so. And I think part of that is that process beginning to play out. So right now, NYPD is at 88% uh, vaccinated. Uh, fire department overall at uh, 94% now. So, you know, those are very, very healthy numbers. And the folks who are going through the reasonable accommodations will continue uh, to work in the meantime. But we're, we're really confident now that the process is working smoothly. And as these get resolved, if someone gets the accommodation, they keep working. If they don't, the vast majority are gonna get vaccinated. Go ahead.
1: You'll get your you'll get your vaccine or else, and so he'd rather lose cops and firemen than have. I mean, think about it, right? I mean, rather than get get people accommodations, health some, cops and firemen, some of the healthiest people, right? Some of them may have already had COVID. He he would rather lose in a city that is under siege like Philadelphia with crime. He'd rather lose cops. He'd rather lose firefighters. He'd rather jeopardize the public safety by not having law enforcement on the streets and people to put out fires in the biggest city in the world versus having those people show up in those instances unvaccinated. You know why? Because he's a power-hungry nut. That's why. He's a power-hungry tyrant. That's that's why. So there, there, could be, there could be somebody on the street endangering the public by shooting them, raping them, mugging them, whatever. And if an unvaccinated cop goes to that scene, Bill de Blasio would rather have it that the cop doesn't show up because the cop's out of a job because he's unvaccinated. Think, think, just just play the logic out here. Fire's burning, kids trapped inside, God forbid, cats up there screaming, firefighters, we don't have enough guys. Couple guys got fired because they wouldn't get the vaccine. Bill de Blasio's okay with that because the greater risk to the public is not pe- not enough people to put out burning buildings with children stuck inside. The greater risk is unvaccinated firefighters showing up at a fire in their in their fire gear, completely covered head to toe. You see how stupid these people are? You see how this totalitarianism has to stop because it's it's really hurting people. It's endangering public safety is what it's doing. And it has to stop. But they don't care. They don't care because they, they for them it's it's they it's like they go to their little lefty parties and they congratulate each other. I really do. I think they congratulate each other. Did I take the words right out of your mouth? Did I do that? I didn't mean to. Did I do that again? This is what I do sometimes. I I say exactly what you're thinking. Is that what it is? On a hot
4: summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with
3: the red roses? Mm.
4: Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? This
1: was Nancy Pelosi's wedding toast. Does he love me?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: This was what Pelosi. This was. On a hot
0: summer night.
1: These were her. These were her vows.
0: Offer your throat to the wolf with the red rose. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
4: I bet you say that to all the boy. Ah.
1: I know. I know. We are meat conglomerate. We're here all night. Show us your vaccine cards. Meatloaf is so underrated, isn't it? Not really, but still, I mean, right now, at this moment in time, he is. Big meat big meat. Uh, oh, by the way, hey, meatloaf, zip it. Hey, zip it. Yeah. Chuck Schumer's got to speak. Chuck Schumer just came out and called the CBO report fake, by the way, the Congressional budget office. Remember Saki yesterday called it fake? It was fake CBO. It was fake CBO. Fake news, fake CBO. Well, Chuck Schumer doing the same thing. Count Chuckula. the other part. I think he and Pelosi say that exact speech to each other. Will you let your throat? like Can I rip your throat out? Eh, eh this is what Schumer just said a moment ago how do you address the Republican criticism
2: that this bill scored by the CBO really if the government is going to cost 5
1: trillion
2: you know that, that's sort of and they have First, that's a fake. Today, the Republicans are going to vote for a defense bill that it does not go out 10 years and is not paid for. In the BIF, a lot of Republicans voted for a infrastructure bill that does not go out 10 years. The bottom line is we have said that anything that's extended 10 years, we will pay for, and it
0: will not create any inflation because we're paying for it. Let's cut through the B.S. This is the Rich Zioli
1: Podcast. So the other thing, too, that I wanted to mention to you um, is that part of uh, the best news of the day is that Andrew Cuomo, the former governor of New York, the Love Gov, has now been ordered to return $5.1 million in profits from his book deals. He was ordered on Tuesday to return $5.1 million in profits after a state ethics board, the Joint Commission on Public Ethics, gave Cuomo 30 days to forfeit the income one month after the same watchdog panel voted to revoke its prior ruling, allowing Cuomo to earn outside income from the book. Now, the reason why they've decided this is because they decided Cuomo violated stipulations barring him from using state resources, including government-paid staffers, in the drafting of the book. Yes. You see, the LoveGov used staff members to write words on paper that I wouldn't read, and you wouldn't read, and no one, frankly, read, but I used them to write those words, you understand, when I wasn't uh, groping, 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 groping them. So that's what happened. The book was being used to spin unfavorable coverage, surrounding the then governor and his policies regarding COVID-19 in nursing homes, even though he killed so many people in nursing homes, which is why I've always referred to him as the nursing home killer, which should have been the new title of the Dexter spinoff since it takes place in the state of New York. I thought it was Alaska, but it's actually upstate New York. So it it should have been about the nursing home killer, Andrew Cuomo. But I guess the Dexter character probably works better. He's more likable. No, really, I mean, Dexter as a serial killer is more likable than... Cuomo is. The investigation showed that as they were considering these matters, the book deal was going on. There's a chapter in the book about nursing homes. They're trying to make it as though they thought this was the least uh, damaging of the governor instead of just telling the truth. Yep. Beloved Gov. How will I come up with the money, you ask? It's very simple. I am a hunk. I'll sell my body. I will do a tour with my brother... We are going to call ourselves Meet Conglomerate, and we'll be performing at a concert venue near you. Our first official guest of the night will be the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, The Speaker and I have uh, many things in common, and we will dedicate this song to her. Get enough of this, this the the meek conglomerates. I really can't. I still can't believe she blamed that. I still can't believe it. Let me hear one more time. One more time. Come on. Let's, let's one more time with with the sake.
2: Come Fine. on. Uh, There are several progressive groups and lawmakers who are uh, increasingly vocalizing the idea that inflation, high inflation is being driven by corporate greed uh, including uh, companies with high profits some of whom have met at the White House with the President uh, in recent months. Um, Does the President endorse that idea? Does he think that corporate greed is the big driver of inflation right now?
3: Well, I think that the President thinks the way people across the country American families uh, digest inflation is by price increases. And if you look at industry to industry, it's a little different. So for For example, the president, the secretary of agriculture have both spoken to what we've seen as the greed of meat conglomerates. That is an area when people go to the grocery store and they're trying to buy a pound of meat, two pounds of meat, 10 pounds of meat. Um, Hey, I need 10 pounds of meat, lady. What don't you understand? And I want to cut
1: nice and lean. All right. Give me the good stuff. None of those table scraps. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Give me the good stuff. Uh, you remember the Simpsons yeah, my buddy Johnny Cook Johnny who does the music for the podcast reminded me of uh, one of the best Simpsons uh, the Meat Council remember this the Meat Council presents Meat and You Partners in Freedom <laughs> this is great
0: nothing beats a stroll in cattle country mm. hi I'm Troy McClure You may remember me from such educational films as Two Minus Three Equals Negative Fun and Firecrackers, The Silent Killer. Mr. McClure? Oh, hello, Bobby. Jimmy, I'm curious as to how meat gets from the ranch to my stomach. Whoa, 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 slow down, Jimmy. You just asked a mouthful. It all starts here in the high-density feedlot. Then when the cattle are just right... (laughs) It's time for them to graduate from Bovine University. (laughs) come on jimmy let's take a peek at the killing floor (gasps) don't let the name throw you jimmy it's not really a floor it's more of a steel grating that allows material to sluice through so it can be collected and exported
1: now remember the meat council is that's that's how evil they are you know the big meat conglomerate Meat, meat conglomerate's that evil just so you remember i hope you remember it's important. I don't want you to forget, okay? You have to remember these things. This is very important in life. Uh, A couple other things too I want to mention to you before the uh, end of the podcast today. So today I had on Joe Bastardi. We were talking about tornadoes and and how things are actually uh, not getting worse because of climate change. Weather is very complicated, lots of different patterns involved and that sort of thing. But you know what's interesting about The climate change argument when it comes to storms and that storms are going to get worse and storms are going to get worse. Climate change is going to make things worse because do you ever notice that everything always comes attached with a price tag on how much we can not only prevent, but we'll have to rebuild. Do You ever notice that it's like in one breath, they simultaneously acknowledge they can't stop any of it from happening. And then the next breath comes along and, well, give us money to stop it from happening. But since we can't stop it from happening, give us even more money so we're able to rebuild it after it happens. Because they're talking about now raising the highways up, you know, to accommodate the rising sea levels. So aren't they by by default acknowledging that whatever's happening with the Earth and the planet is kind of out of our hands at this point? And maybe always has been and probably always will be. I mean, are they kind of acknowledging that when they say, well, give us lots of money so that when it happens, we can fix it. Oh, and give us lots of money so we can prevent it from happening, even though we can't prevent it since we're going to need money to fix it. It's like it's very much like the vaccine mandate. I mean, it's so dangerous and deadly. We got to put this vaccine mandate in place, but not for three weeks. Okay, not for three weeks, because it's that. Yes, we have to do this for people are going to die in three weeks if we don't do it. But not until then. So we have plenty of time up until then, and then after that, there's no exemptions because people will die. So you have, everybody, it's a three-week exemption, and then there's no exemptions after that. These, these people are, they are monsters. I mean, they really are. They're monsters, and they love the power. They really do. They love the the power so much. And I think it's addictive for them. I really do. Well, I mean, there's no doubt Power is addictive. Everybody knows that. They, there's no doubt, no doubt. But you know what's also... We're in the middle of this inflation right now with some of the highest prices, prices soaring right now, soaring higher than we've seen probably forever, at least in our lifetime, at least in modern history. But all this has to do, I mean, because meat conglomerates evil, obviously, and you know that. I mean, clearly we've demonstrated that today. Uh, And prices now spiked 9.6% in November. Rent increased more than 5.5% in the 75 most populated U.S. cities. New cars, highest prices, 13.1%. So you better have somebody, you better get a good deal like a Cherry Hilvavo. It's That's all I can tell you. Because otherwise, you know, you're going to be paying an arm and a leg here.
0: Producer price index rose eight-tenths of 1% in November on a monthly basis. Prices are up more than 9.6% annually. Rising energy costs led the increase. Rising cost of living means rising rent. For many Americans, Move.org reports the average rent has increased more than 5.5% over the last year. In 75 most populated cities, 19 cities reported that prices increased by more than 10%.
1: Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's going to be the biggest issue next year in the economy? 100%. Two things. Here are going to be the issues. Ready? Number one, uh, education. Still not going to go away anytime soon. As long as our kids are in masks, as long as schools, they do these stupid quarantine things where uh, you, you know the kids got to be out for 24 days. There's a school district I know where, because the incubation period for COVID could be a long time, the kid will have to be out for 24 days, and the reason why is because on the 14th day they could theoretically test positive, and then would be sick for 10 10 more days, or 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 the, on the 10th day they could test positive and they'd be sick for 14 days. I don't, somehow they get the 24 days. It's all I know. And it's stupid. It defies logic. So as long as that, as long as critical race theory, which we know is happening, is is still discussed, as long as parents don't feel a say in the process, as long as all these things are occurring, education will still be the prime, a, a, a prime issue. But these, these prices of everyday items that Americans are paying, this is still going to be the economy. It's always the economy stupid. I go back to James Carville on that. It's the economy stupid. It's always going to be the big issue. There's no doubt about that. And this inflation and what everybody's paying right now, it's 100 percent going to be a problem for the Democrats. The Republican National Committee just put out a new ad. It's entitled Biden Inflation, Gas, Groceries and Gifts. Let me give you a little bit of preview of, of what I think this is going to be. I'm, it's a it's a very effective ad. Putting it really into uh, in, 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 into real life forms for Americans to see exactly what the policies of this administration have led to.
0: Bad news, of course, for working class Americans, middle
2: class Americans. Inflation spiked 6.8% in November. That
0: is the highest level since June of 1982.
3: I mean, these are the numbers that really quantify the gut punch for American Mm. consumers. Many people's wage gains are not keeping up with the inflation.
2: Inflation is now outpacing wage gains. In other words, over the last year, the prices you paid went up 6.8%. That's the sharpest inflation Searches 1982
1: Good ad, right? I think so (laughs) No? Meatloaf, do you disagree? You don't think it's a good ad? Meats Meatloaf Anything? Anything but I won't do that. Well, then you won't do anything for love, then. No, I won't do that. Well, then you won't do anything for love. Why are you contradicting yourself? Uh, here's the other thing, too, that I think is very important to point out with all this. the The entire issue of what you pay, what I pay, what all of us pay all comes down to energy. It's And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. This all goes, comes down to energy. And Biden's first day on the job, what did he do? He went after the Keystone XL pipeline and canceled it. Now, when is Biden going to have a press conference, you might ask yourself? When? When? when is he gonna, When is he going to come and actually address these questions? And I don't mean just call on pre-screen. Uh, say I got to call on uh, Jenny from the Levittown uh, penny saver. Uh, Jenny. Go ahead. No, I mean, actual questions with the press where he's out there for a couple of hours and they ask follow ups and it's it's not scripted. It's actually when will this occur? When? I think we deserve it. Right. I mean, the last president was supposed to be the guy who was going to destroy the press corps and uh, destroy the First Amendment. This administration is charging Julian Assange, extraditing him and, and then and then prosecuting him. And this this president hides from the press corps. And Jen Psaki comes out and speaks to her credit as d- doing her job, but the president hides behind her words. That's really how it goes.
3: Thanks, everyone. Yeah, will the president have a press conference anytime soon? Here? We'll see, I will let you know if we do, Brian. Yeah, right, thank you. you so much. love to see. Mm-hmm. You.
1: Thank you, Brian. Yeah, you know what? We'd love we love it, Jen. Thanks. Hey, can we see him? Yeah, huh? Huh? Wait, can we do it? Huh? We'd like to ask him things, for example, like, Mr. President, what's your biggest what's your biggest achievement in foreign policy? Was it that spectacular? Withdrawal of Afghanistan? Was it that? Uh, or something else, Mr. President? Um, two foreign policy questions. The first one is year and season. So I would ask you, what does the administration consider your biggest achievement in foreign policy in this first year?
3: And also, what lessons have you learned from what is arguably the biggest failure, which is Afghanistan? Uh, you know, this is a great question. I want to be thoughtful about it. I want to talk to the president about it. Um, and I'm happy to do that. Go ahead.
1: Or you could just have the president come out and answer it. I, I, I mean... Just theoretically, you could you could you could have the president of the United States come out and answer the question. Right. Okay, so uh, Kroger is a grocery store chain. They have um, unvaccinated employees who've gotten sick and they will they won't pay um, unemployment to them. They refuse to pay or excuse me, sick leave to their unvaccinated workers is their new policy. All right. How does the White House feel about that? Because it seems to me like it's kind of stupid. The idea that you're not going to pay people uh, paid sick leave if they're sick, whether they're vaccinated or not, because they're sick and you're paying them sick leave and they need that. It doesn't seem like a very fair policy. So is the White House going to take the side of the little guy, you know, the, the man, and the woman bagging the groceries or the big corporation? Hmm. Big grocery. What do you think? You Want to take a bet? Let's see. What will Jen Psaki say? The the supermarket chain Kroger announced it will stop giving paid leave
3: to unvaccinated workers if they get COVID. Is this an approach that the White House supports? What's your response to that? We know different private sector companies and entities are going to take different steps to incentivize people to get vaccinated, to keep their employees safe and their workforce safe. Uh, But I don't have any further. It's not a recommendation, not a not a policy we're putting out there from the federal government. Does the White House support?
1: Oh, there you, there you go. Look at that. So uh, it turns out then that they now support the rights of the private sector to do these things. Well, if that's the case, then can I ask an honest question? Why don't you just let the private sector do whatever they want to do and handle it all themselves instead of putting in a national vaccine mandate, which thank God the courts have thrown out? Hmm? Just throwing it out there. Throwing it out there. So you support the corporations when they're doing your bidding and punishing people. Otherwise, you're going to tell them what to do. That's right. That's what you're going to do. It's true. Hmm. All right. I'm just. I'm just. Somebody's got to hold them accountable. That's all. And I feel like it's my job here to hold them accountable. And then uh, lastly today, what did? Uh, what about all the rising crime that's going on in America? What about all the rising crime? Philadelphia, we deal with it every day. We talk about it every day. Cities around the country. What's going on with the rising crime? Could it be woke prosecutors, for example? Woke prosecutors say, who won't yeah, actually... Um, in crime uh, hang on one second, Peter. Well, woke prosecutors who who won't actually, you know, go after criminals and, and put them away. Could it be, oh, I don't know, the bail reform, which is utterly ridiculous and is putting bad people back on the streets. Uh, could it be, um, oh, I don't know, Maybe it could be that the guns come alive at night like wooden soldiers and they march and then they shoot by themselves. What could it be? Could it be any of those things? Could it be all those things?
2: First, the pandemic. There are a range of reasons for that. Would you consider one of the reasons in the range prosecutors who are cutting people who are accused of many criminal offenses loose too quickly?
3: I, again, I am not, as I as I wasn't yesterday, going to give an assessment for every uh, every every motivation or reason for crime in different communities across the country.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to give a reason for that. So because I don't like the reasons. But yes, the answer to your question, Peter Ducey, is 100 uh, percent. Yes, it's 100 percent. No doubt about it. It is woke, woke prosecutors. You know it and I know it. And that's 100 percent what it is. Uh, Chris Kattan is a comedian. He was on Saturday Night Live. He's a very, very funny guy. He did a, he, he told Fox News in a piece that was published today. He said, the reality is right now, everyone has to be careful about what they say or do. He said, but I'm already careful. I naturally, I don't swear. I say things like what the frick or dang it or darn it. I don't know why. It's just a strange habit. Even my mom was like, you're not swearing so much lately. I know it's weird. He said, if you want to do something funny, you can't be outrageous anymore. You have to be careful said, so, but I think family-friendly is the way to go right now, and that's the kind of humor I like anyway, and that's the humor I like doing. The SNL star joins other alums of the show like David Spade, Rob Schneider, and the late Norm MacDonald, who have talked about the current climate for comedians. This is from The Daily Caller. Uh, David Spade had said recently, it's very tricky. You know, you have to, uh, used to have to say anything to go as far as you could, push the envelope, get attention, and people would let, be like, I like this guy, he's pushing it. And the comedy club's audiences appreciated that. Now you say one wrong move and you're canceled. John Lovitz, who was on Saturday Night Live, he said it's no different than McCarthyism, cancel culture. It's no different than that. He said America's cancel culture and what's happening right now, I'll say it. He said it's just no different than, than McCarthyism. McCarthyism, of course, you remember when they went after people being suspected commies back in the 1940s, the Red Scare of the 1940s. But he said, you know, his job is to satirize what's going on in society and point out the, the hypocrisies. And said cancel culture has made it very difficult to do that. He says, as soon as you say to a comedian like me, you can't say that. The first thing in my head is, oh, and now I have to, he said. He says there's a difference between making jokes and being outright mean. And he says, if you, don't have the ability, if you don't have the ability to laugh at yourself, don't go to a comedy club. You know, I'm not changing my act, he said. If you're watching TV and you don't like the show, change the channel. It's very simple. Chris Rock said, uh, people are scared to speak out. He said, I see a lot of funny, unfunny comedians. I see unfunny TV shows. I see unfunny award shows. And I see unfunny movies because no one's, everybody's scared to, you know, make a move, he said. When he was speaking to Joe Rogan recently. And then there's the other thing too, which is being canceled just simply for your beliefs on things like um, gender, for example. J.K. Rowling, who is the creator of the Harry Potter series. Uh, J.K. Rowling, again, is, um, is, is is very upset now because rape suspects are being able to identify as women. So she waded into the debate about transgender people. She criticized Scottish police for allowing rape suspects to self-identify as female. The Harry Potter author, who has previously been accused of making transphobic comments, which is anything the left disagrees with, she said, um, "War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. The penist individual who raped you is a woman." This is what <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only a woman like her can say this, right, in this day and age, because she's made her money. I mean, if, this, if she were just writing Harry Potter now, there's no way you'd have a Harry Potter world in Florida. You'd not the books, the movies, none of it. You'd have none of it now. You would have none of these things. But that's what, thats what now that's what happened. In Scotland now, they said that the guy, a, a man who wa- rapes a woman can identify as female, and, and this is what was reported by the Scottish Sun. Uh, the, the Scottish Sun. I do like saying that, Scottish. Scottish Sun. Anyway, and this is because the left doesn't defend freedom of thought either. So, they're all in on cancel culture nowadays. Because again, they want conformity. See, the bottom line is this. They, like the me conglomerates, want conformity. And if you don't conform, they want you out. But if you want to, in a nutshell, understand the mindset behind the modern day left, it's that. It's conform. Just conform, and you'll be fine. Conform to vaccines, conform to the words they want you to say, the thoughts they want you to think, and you will be okay. And if not, they're going to make your life a living, freaking hell. What can I tell you? I would do anything. Anything for love. But I won't do that. I won't cancel. Although, then that means I won't do anything for love. So it's very confusing. It's like a cycle, isn't it? Like a whole big mystery trapped in a multiverse or something. Thanks for listening.